Hey guys, we want to hear from you. Text us your questions, comments, or suggestions using the link in the episode description. I don't, I don't know. Uh, Welcome so you... <laughs> to the Video Bros Podcast. <laughs> is that what we're calling it? Video Bros? Yeah, or right. Brothers. I think Bros is short for so Brothers. Since this is your idea, you've been wanting to do this for a long time and begging me to do it. Tell me, what is this podcast about? What can I expect? What am I getting into? Well, you're one of the hosts. Right. What's right. your name? Justin. Uh, Justin Stelly. That's so disrespectful. <laughs> According to your sister-in-law. Uh, my name is Dustin. <laughs> See, when here's the thing about radio. When you bring that up, now I have to tell the whole story. Because like, if anybody's listening, okay, well, like, we'll tell the whole story. We'll thing? tell. We'll tell. All it right. In a so when I got married, oh boy, my uh, wife's sister gave a toast, in which she talked about my wife for about eight minutes and talked <laughs> about me for about eleven seconds. And in that 11 seconds, managed to get my name wrong and call me Justin. <laughs> now, you know, we've been to a lot of weddings where the bride and groom maybe met this year or they live way far away from from the rest of their family. And sometimes you're at weddings and it's obvious that like the family doesn't really know. No, this was not the case. I'd been at their house for like thanksgiving and easter and christmas we dated we lived together for like four years before we got married like we'd spent all the time together she definitely knew my name was dustin and just said justin <laughs> and our family backgrounds are very different in that you know she's my wife's a southern belle and so they're very uh proper and respectful and very careful not to offend and my family the only thing that matters is making other people laugh. So we're raunchy and raucous and loud and we tease each other. And so she said, and I was like, did I, and I go, did you say Justin? And everybody in my half of the room started like shouting. They're like heckling her. They're like, you know, like on and on and on. And uh, apparently I, I didn't find out till after the wedding, but she like ran out of the back of the wedding, just like, bawling in tears she was so embarrassed so oh, ashamed so, I, mi- like, I missed that shot but you know i mean she should have been embarrassed how behind she... the scenes shot you probably did no because remember i put that her saying your name wrong in the wedding yeah, so video edit because i thought it was funny yeah and then you came and said hey she was really embarrassed you have to take it out oh yeah you uh so we should tell tell the folks listening that michael uh was one of the videographers that shot my wedding and one did... of eight one of three <laughs> and uh, like did, did the edit on the, you know, the kind of the, the highlight film or the, you know, whatever you'd call it. And um, the first cut could not have gone worse as far as my wife's expectations. Then that just comes from, you not oh, knowing her personality. <laughs> oh, I mean, literally she stormed out of the room crying halfway through and wouldn't like refuse to watch the rest of the video. Oh, really? And I was like, uh, I mean, can you just like give it a chance and watch it once? And she was like, cr- she was like, I can't even shout this to anybody because Why? of two things. Oh, okay. One was it the Justin thing? W- that was one. Oh, one was was the so she must have sis- made it like sis- halfway through. Say what? She must have made it at least partway through. Yeah, I mean, she probably watched it. She, I mean, so if you you, I'm sure you don't remember because it's been like four years. But the video starts with the toasts, and what my brother said. And what her sister said were both just completely unacceptable to her. So her sister said that said my name wrong or whatever. And she's like, I can't show this to anyone. She's already devastated. It's just going to hurt her feelings again and embarrass her all over again and blah, blah, blah. It's so funny what, sh- what and girls my, get devastated about. Well, then my, my brother's, <laughs> my brother's toast was basically a fart joke. The whole thing was basically a fart joke. And he, he just made, he made the point that she was the, perfect wife for me because she has a really really poor sense of smell like that's a she's almost like nose blind did i put that in the video you put that in the video and (laughs) so basically he (laughs) my brother told the story that he knew rachel was perfect for me when i farted real real bad (laughs) and she couldn't smell it and everybody else was dying 
So it was just the voiceover stuff she didn't like. It wasn't yeah, like, it was the content. It wasn't yeah. like it's not I like showed it a shot bad. of her or like the color wasn't good or like something like yeah, that. Yeah, no, no, none of that. She it was like, that. wow, right off the bat, the part that made my sister leave the room crying <laughs> and the part that your brother talked about farting and embarrassed me <laughs> deeply to my core in front of all of the people that love and care about me. So um, yeah, we had you re-edit that. And I was like, hey, bro, I hate to do this. Hey, video, you know, I, bro. I hate I hate making edits and changes when couples ask me to. I mean, I do it because at the end of the day, like, I don't really care. It's not my wedding. Yeah. But uh, I did I did not want to have to call you and ask you to make those changes. But I also was um, living with a lady that was real upset. <laughs> uh, yeah, it wasn't that bad. I remember having to make two changes and it wasn't really all yeah. that difficult but i mean just like going back to i was saying you know our family backgrounds are really different when my brother was telling that story you could just see because like we did our seating arrangements so it was like obviously who, her family is on one side of the room my family's on the other side of the room and my side of the room was like loud and laughing and like heckling and like laughing at every like even if it wasn't a good joke they're a generous crowd you know and then <laughs> on her side of the room it was just like blank face stares like people were just like mortified just, people were just like oh my god what is she marrying into <laughs> i i thought you know my my brother that gave the test is the quietest one in the family so i thought um like I just didn't kind of know what to expect at all. And when he got up and like talked for an appropriate amount of time and like had a lot of personality and was really funny, I was so proud of him. But uh, uh, apparently, my wife didn't feel the same way. Yeah. I'm, well. Yeah. Everyone is different. So are we going to talk about video stuff, or are we just gonna yeah? Talk so about that's your what. Life? So we. So what's this <laughs> podcast really about? Oh, good. So it's mostly going to be about you and your life. And then every once in a while, we'll sprinkle in something about uh, a new camera that's out, or yeah. uh, you can tell me why I should be shooting every wedding in RAW. Right. Exactly. And stuff like that. So he says, like, it's 70, be... 30 videography stuff to, like, personal stuff and whatever we're thinking about that's funny? Well, I guess we'll see how it goes. I think the idea is 50% like us just talking about whatever what's going to be 100 percent us just talking that's what a podcast <laughs> is i don't think there's gonna be like right. a lot of but, space for a dance number well <laughs> you know i'm actually you really experienced to do this, this on video i've never done so a maybe we well, can do some yeah if we get more if we dancing. get two subscribers we'll add a video component if we get two subscribers we'll put up a video of you doing a strip tease yeah if we get three <laughs> subscribers i'm quitting my job <laughs> what job <laughs> you know wedding video stuff okay yeah. um, this, you know i had a um, it is gonna be we are gonna talk about video stuff so right it's mostly a video on. thing we're gonna get there right be patient fall in love with us as people first right and then we can we can get to the business after what that. would you say is the nature of our relationship when it comes to discussing video related things i would say i come up with a great idea and then you give me six reasons why it can't be done. And then you talk to me about uh, how much you love red cameras for an hour. I don't even love red cameras that much. Oh, you don't? Eh. What's your favorite camera right now? Let, what's your favorite camera set up under $25,000? Under If I had $25,000 to spend, what camera would I buy? Actually, I don't know pricing on that. I, can you get a used Gemini? Mm. I'd probably get a used... If I could afford a used I mean, Gemini... Isn't the Gemini still kind of new? Yeah, that but you can Gemini find... Sensor I know you can find them new. used. Uh, I got a buddy that, that bought them used. Uh, okay. I just don't know what they go for. Yeah. 24 might be high. I don't know. It is pretty high. You're really yeah. pushing my the feeling, limit with My feeling about red, cameras like. is that there isn't a good one yet. I mean, there's great cameras, but like there isn't one that checks all the boxes. They've all no. got a major problem. They've all got something you got to either work around they've or all you got to swap it out for a different one. They've all got either some major workaround, some big headache, or they're just uh, they're not practical from a okay. cost but perspective, that being especially said, for what we do. Okay, you still didn't answer the question, though. What was the question? What's 
under twenty five thousand, what camera setup would you use? You got to pick one. I mean, do I have to spend the whole twenty five thousand? No, because like maybe I just just. I mean, why don't we just list every camera on the market and I'll tell you why I hate it. <laughs> uh, no, I, I mean, like, right now, say, no, right now I want right. to move into the Pocket 6K. It, it, There's definitely a lot of things I don't like about it, but it does seem at the price point for the quality of the image that you get and the quality of the files that you can get out of it, it seems like the most... It seems that it's good enough that to spend money on anything else seems a little bit wasteful. Like, is the Red a better camera than the than the Pocket 6K? For sure, 100%. But is it $20,000 better? I don't know. Hmm. Um, you know, cameras that I'm really interested in, last year I was obsessed with the Mavo LF. It's made by Kinefinity. It's a Chinese company. Um, it certainly has a lesser-known brand name. And I think it's like a thirteen thousand dollars or something like that, but it ends up being twenty grand by the time you kind of like kit it out into, you know, all the accessories you, that you want on it to like actually use it, including like batteries and memory and you know a cage and and all that stuff. But it's a uh, really good low light. It's got a full frame and a great color science, and it just uh, it it doesn't have a good file type, so. To shoot raw, it's like Cinema DNG or whatever, which are just the most gigantic files you could ever have. It's just not practical with the size of the files. So people buy the camera and then they end up always shooting ProRes on it. It's like you're gonna spend you know fifteen or twenty thousand dollars on a camera and you don't even have the power of raw. To to me, the power of raw is really, really important to me. Like it's something I really want, and you don't care about it at all. Explain why you think raw just. I care about the power of love. Back so we're gonna move future. right past that. Um, <laughs> why exactly? <laughs> we're just, I'm just gonna pretend you didn't say that. Why? Tell, explain to me why you don't care about raw. It's not that I don't care about raw. I just think for most projects, I don't end up needing it. Um, and because I try to nail all that stuff like white balance and exposure and and focus, all those what, important what things. Is, I try one to of nail the things the first that's time. a little bit unique to which your I know workflow. raw doesn't matter. And for, focus, for for the audience background, I, I'm a guy who has worked uh, as a second shooter in the last couple of years, almost more than as a lead shooter. So I owned a business and was a lead shooter, and then I relocated and I lost everything, and I you went know, to fire, work in for right? a lot. Uh, no, just bad bad choices, oh. just real bad, just, <laughs> just real dumb, substance abuse, just like really dumb business choices. Uh, no, I just I had a thriving business and was like, well, if I could do it here, I can do it anywhere. So I just moved across the country, basically for weather, and um, just was real cocky and thought everything would be fine. And uh, I just couldn't get enough bookings. Uh, I I didn't have the time i was like in an editing backlog i didn't have time to dedicate to um building my website i i uh my seo was so strong in my old market i could never convince google that i lived in colorado now there's like a there's you know one of my favorite things to say is well that's why i went out of business because there's a, like at least a thousand reasons why my business failed but uh getting back to what i was saying i i i'm a guy who's done a lot a lot of second shooting for a lot of companies and have found that more than anybody I work for, you are like super independent as far as your uh, footage acquisition. You you use as much of your own footage as possible, as least of your other shooters' footage as possible. When I work for you, I, I, I'm basically not doing anything. <laughs> I mean, I basically do nothing for hours at a time when I'm your quote-unquote second shooter. I mean... You want all of the pre-ceremony footage from the bride and the groom all by yourself. So you're like, get some exteriors. So like I walk around listening to a podcast for an hour, shooting the outside of buildings and stuff. And like I'll get you know, like some time lapses that uh, you like to capture in camera and fast forward instead of doing stills, whatever. Uh, like I'll get a couple time lapses. I'll get a couple of exteriors. I'll spend like an hour or two doing that. And then you like, maybe we'll use three seconds of it in your video. I basically don't do anything meaningful until ceremony. I'll shoot the ceremony with you, shoot the toast with you, shoot yeah. the dances with you. And then the rest the of the day, of you're like, try not uh, to not embarrass me. 
about me, I do shoot a bunch of weddings. So that's what Dustin is talking about right now. Are you think it's obvious? I mean, <clears throat> no, you're right because people are listening to this and they think they're video bros. They must do real videography. Nope. Yeah, we're just no, wedding we videographers. That's which not, is not true. Real video work. That's not true. We I do mean, other stuff. I've done other things. I've done a lot of. Other I've done things, a lot of other things. But now, but back to in the last year, it's been mostly weddings for sure. I got out. That doesn't mean we don't know anything about video. I more or less quit weddings for two years, and now I'm back in full time again. Oh my god! Yeah, mixed feelings. You tried to get it's out, sweet, and now you're back. Just when I thought for one I was more out, job, they pulled me back in. <laughs> you know, that's what this podcast needs is radio, like a uh, drops. You know, like on radio shows when like they have a little thing, they hit a button, and it's like quack quack. Or, yeah, you know, like we need to have like a little panel, like a bunch of movie quotes. Well, I was just gonna hit your dog like, with a <laughs> microphone, just over the head. Well, like, if the um. If somebody, oh, that's that's not nice. If somebody um, rings the doorbell, he will make an appearance on this podcast because he'll bark his little face off. Yeah, he barked at me when he came in. Let's yeah. talk about um, your living conditions. How dare you? <laughs> so we're sitting in so that your people living know where room, we are. And we're in my living room, which is in Aurora, Colorado. That's right. And if you don't know Aurora, it's the place where uh, there's a big movie theater shooting. Oh, and you why actually you say that you because it's video related. Film, it's true. It's true. I live film. about a mile and a half from <laughs> that movie theater. Yeah, which we go 16. to regularly. I call I it murder theater. Yeah, and um, the, one of the interesting things about the theaters they changed all the names, so they used to be like one through, you know, fifteen or whatever, however many theaters are, and now it's like A through H. Like they changed all the numbers to letters, so you don't know which one the shooting happened in. But I'm pretty sure it's theater G which I have seen some movies in. But all that happened before I moved here, so I got a great rate on the house. <laughs> I mean, real estate was an alt. No, that's that's a terrible... We're going to have to edit all of this out. Well, we'll skip the editing and go straight for... Hey, what chair are you sitting in? All right, so we're in my house. We're in the living room. Is that the P chair? We're both sitting on a... Over there? chair? Is that the P chair? What P chair? The P chair. Is that oh, the you window mean the, you pee out of? That's my piss window. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't know what you meant at first, but now I do. Okay, can I? Wh- have we made it like a judgment call on like the use of profanity in the podcast? Yeah, you can. Can cuss. I cuss? Because yeah. it's going to be hard for me not. So uh, there's well, that's why? my recliner. This isn't a cuss word. I'm a. Well, all, dep- some people think piss is too? a cuss word, and some <laughs> I don't shit out the window. <laughs> Listen, I'm a man, and at the end of a long day, or or frankly, even at the end of a lazy day, I like to sit in my recliner in front of my TV. That's what that's really the only time I'm happy. And next to my recliner is a window, and when it's dark out, you know, after 10 p.m., quite often I'll open the window and just pee into the backyard. <laughs> Michael thinks that's crazy. It is crazy. It's not like I do it if I have company. I'm not going to do it in front of you. And the, there's a fence in the backyard. It's just not like can anybody you, can see. But first of all, they can have you to hit do the it. graveside of your dog from the window? Like if I didn't know where the dog was, he went out the doggy door, and he happened to be in the backyard, and then I opened the window and started pissing. No, it's possible. No, that, I'm talking about the dog that you recently buried in your backyard. Oh, <laughs> you want to get into that? If I look out no, the window, can I see its skull popping out of the grave? <laughs> <laughs> You want tail. me to tell the story? I don't think no, I don't want to you hear to the story. No, it's I really inappropriate. It's not video related. It's really not video related, but I recently lost a dog. <laughs> I had go. her for 12 years. She uh, she taught me to love in a new kind of way. <laughs> and when she passed, they were like, do you want a cremator or do you want to do a home burial? And I was like, home burial? I didn't even know that was an option. And I thought it would be really nice that I could, you know, maybe have her in the backyard and put some flowers or maybe a stone marker. And then I could think about her when I'm out in the yard. And it was a huge mistake. Cutting that grass. It was a huge mistake (laughs) about my dog because like I, I I had to dig a hole. It was the middle of winter. So the ground is like frozen. So I spent like hours digging a hole to barely, they barely get it deep enough for her to fit in there. And I, I don't know, so I went and picked up her. They had put her body in a freezer and froze her. And so 
I had like this frozen body that I kept having to like lower into the ground and then realized the hole wasn't big enough. And then I had to pick her back out and then put her back. I lowered <laughs> her and pulled her out like four <laughs> or five times. And by the time it's all said and done, there are parts of her that are <laughs> maybe three inches under the dirt at best. So I think I'm just going to add like a bunch of dirt on top of it every year to make sure she never pokes her little head back out. But now like for like weeks after that, every I'm trying to sleep at night and all, all like, like right when I'm about to fall asleep, I just picture like my, my dog, like as a zombie coming up from the yard, just like, why didn't you cremate me? It was, if you're ever, you know, it's a very emotional time when you lose an, an animal. She was my best friend in college. And, you know, I, I I would just say think hard while your dog is alive and healthy about if you really want to go through all that, because I made a rash decision that was <laughs> one of the worst of my life. And part of me thinks that at some point I'm going to have to go dig her back up and either bury her deeper or find a new way to get her cremated. But then like, who knows what I'm going to find if I dig it up now. But I mean, the ground's still basically frozen. It's January in Colorado. So. Yeah. Have you ever exhumed a body before? Well, I can't talk about that. <laughs> yeah, no. You know, I have very little experience with dead bodies. Yeah. Well, I've been to a lot of funerals. A lot of people died around me, but I didn't really lump out get involved there. with the bodies. <laughs> what did that positive. have to do with videography? Well, that's how I'm segueing into the release of the Canon 1DX Mark III. They just released the uh, full specs yesterday. Probably the smoothest segue in the history of broadcasting. <laughs> Uh, so what do you think about have, I sent you a link but I, I know can't. you sent me a link I didn't really look that close at it uh, um, you're a hard I, worker <laughs> the, first a lot of, of all, prep for this podcaster I'm here I'm doing all the you're not even lifting. wearing socks it's my house <laughs> okay but so you're kind of a you Canon fanboy for sure <clears throat> I and, like Canon I will say this I get it they cripple a bunch of their cameras and it sucks yeah but I will say that for anybody doing low light shooting that's not working like on a big film set or something and you're a lower budget person and you're doing anything that's lower light canon is just i don't know if anything beats canon for low i think light a lot of stuff. sony uh users would definitely disagree with you no i don't really like yeah but we're talking about everybody but nobody really likes the sony colors right no, I, I never hear anybody say, "Oh, I love Sony colors." I don't. Everybody Some people says they say love they Canon do. colors. Well, so when they talk about the higher end cameras, Canon. they do, like the Sony Venice and so stuff. So just people be done with it and <clears throat> go with Canon. Have the great colors and have the great low light stuff. My feeling about Canon is, I do like as far as like the DSLR form factor. So we're not really talking about cinema cameras, but for kind not of this, really, this but price a range, lot of people probably aren't. I don't know. It's weird. I maybe I'm just maybe I have a skewed view because I've been doing weddings for so long, but like I feel like there's a lot of people that don't even like want to be filmmakers. A lot of them don't really have cinema cameras anyway. They're still all like yeah, no, they definitely Sony's, don't a sevens or whatever. Yeah, I'm definitely a little different than the average wedding videographer in that. Sometimes when I'm thinking about what camera I want, I'm not really thinking what's the best camera for weddings. I'm thinking what's the best camera for making a movie and then I'll figure out how to shoot a wedding with it, which is really not a smart business approach. No. But it's, it's really just a smart like camera picking approach. But I get of, it. I, I am a, I'm like a gear enthusiast. I, I like cameras, I like the stuff, I like the toys, I like whatever's new. And I know there's a lot of people that make the argument like it's not about the camera, it's about the art, it's about the craft. For me, it, that's part of the fun. That's part of the motivation. That's part of the perks is like I would be into and obsessing over new cameras if I was an accountant. That would be like a hobby of mine. So the fact that it is kind of tied into my career and I get to bring my obsession over the 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 latest and greatest technology into the work I'm doing, you know, that, that makes me, that's part of why I'm able to keep doing, uh, you know, working in content that I'm not necessarily passionate about, if you know what I mean. Yeah. I'm not really I think, I think most people to some degree work on stuff that they're not passionate about. 
But there's... Oh, even yeah, if, no. Most... Even if you're making a movie, there's parts of making a movie, you're not going to like every part of it. You I know? think most people mostly don't like what they're doing. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. I've got a, I've got a really close... Um... I think I'm doing better than a lot of people. Like, I don't want to shoot weddings forever, but, like, I don't hate it. So I feel like I'm ahead of a lot, like 50% of people out there. Yeah. I have, um, I have a close group of friends from college and it's interesting how, um, or like, like there's two guys that I went to school with where we kind of were the same major and we were into the same stuff and we were, um, you know, into video stuff and, and tech and the school we went to was, was more or less training us to work in local news, which is not really what I wanted to do, but I enjoyed being in the, the, the TV studio and working with the cameras and like all the technical side of it, even though I, I could care less about shooting a, a five minute investigative journalist story about the new parking garage on campus or whatever. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's interesting that as, as we've grown up now, I'm, I'm out of college 10 years or whatever. Those guys went on to careers that make a lot of money and Who, your I, news friends. These are my old friends. Yeah, in my news. Wife. Yeah, yeah, no, no, not in news. Oh, they're like, they're okay. like completely. Because I was gonna say, most news. people in news are also. Yeah, no, like, like one of them's miserable. like a recruiter. <laughs> one of them's like an IT recruiter, and and one of them works in IT. I, I honestly don't know what he does. I think it has something to do with server rooms. I, I don't oh, know. Oh, that sounds. But funny. the point is, like, their jobs are not as creatively fulfilling. I would think. But their lives, their quality of lives, are so much better than mine because they make so much money, and it's. It's kind of interesting that like I when I was younger I thought I cared a lot about money, um, but if I look at the choices I've made, I obviously hate money because I won't put myself in position to make any of it. I mean, and as soon as I get your it, your house spend is kind of nice though. We're sitting in a decent house. I, I mean, you still have all your Christmas decorations up. Well, we put them up like a week late, so I'm taking them down at least a week. Well, how when do you think Christmas decorations have to come down? Um, like January first. Like after New Year, like yeah, pretty much within that week. I mean, what what is it now? It's only the eighth. My feeling yeah, is see, that yeah, I feel like yesterday was the cutoff. <laughs> That's stupid. How could a cutoff be on a Seven Tuesday? Seven days after the. My first feeling of January. is that we're probably going to take all this stuff down this weekend. So January eleventh and twelfth, I think by Monday the thirteenth it'll all be down. That's not too embarrassing. And I don't have outside decorations, so really. I mean, nobody's been here since I put up the Christmas decorations, but me and my, I think you're the first person to come into my home since I put the decorations up a month ago anyway. Hmm. Did you do Christmas stuff at your house? Yeah, we did. Uh, my wife did all the, like, putting all the ornaments on and everything. And then I did all the pulling the ornaments off the tree. <laughs> which uh, is... She put up, you took down? Uh, yeah, except for all the lights and stuff. I put up all the lights outside and all that stuff. Oh, you do outside? I do like a very tasteful roof line light that uh-huh. looks awesome on my house. Right. And then I we have a we have like a juniper tree in the backyard. Yeah. That kind of looks like it could be a Christmas tree. Mm-hmm. And so I put big colored lights on that tree. Well, Colorado most trees look like Christmas trees. And so a lot of them yeah. Wow, we're really not good at staying on topic. <laughs> I mean, I well, guarantee nobody that is... starts listening to the video, bros. What's our podcast called? <laughs> nobody that starts listening to this podcast is going to. That's how you know it's a good God, one. I hope they talk about whether or not they've taken down their Christmas decorations. <laughs> like, uh, I mean, I Canon think, has a I... new camera. Maybe it'll shake up the industry. But for the love of God, did you put up a tree this year? <laughs> Listen, we're going to get into it. Yeah. Keep listening. So what do you think Maybe about the camera? Because you're two. probably going to buy it, right? And how much is it? Uh, I don't have any immediate plans to buy that camera. Yeah. You spent all your money. But I was it. wondering what you thought about five, 5K full frame uncropped. 60 frames a second. I like it. I mean, raw. That's, what, what, uh, yeah. What's the raw? What's Canon raw like? I don't know anything about it. I don't know. It, I guess if you shoot in the 5.5 It's not like cinema DNG or something, is it? If you shoot in the 5.5K raw, it it records it in a CRM file, which is Canon raw something or other. So they have their own. So you raw. need the stupid software to like, like you have to run it through their software, not to what? edit, but you. I think for it some, doesn't work natively in editing I don't, platforms. Yet? I don't know that it does. 
and but for 4K, you have like a ton of different flavors of 4K, like 10 bit, and mm. or I think 10 or 12 bit, and then I can't remember. <laughs> I should really look at this. We really should have read an article. <laughs> We're gonna have to edit all of but, this out. But no, no, we'll leave We're it. Gonna in. get a lot of letters about. Hey guys, you got every every spec. <laughs> no, we won't get it. You literally have no idea. what you you're You think we're gonna about. get a letter? We Listen, haven't even given an address. I've been out. I've been obsessed with. Should we give your black address? Black magic out? camera. You better not. I've been obsessed <laughs> over the black magic cameras for like months and months and months now. I'm pretty sure that uh, we're going to move into those for this next season. And so I just kind of haven't been paying attention to what else is out there. Yeah. Because I've been I got, using I got, the Pocket I got a one 4Ks. Track mine. You moved to Pocket 4Ks this year. Yeah. Which, and which I have mixed feelings about. I have I very mostly, mixed feelings. I mostly like it. I I will say the only time I don't like it is dark uh, ceremonies or dark receptions. Yeah, it's so and weird. There's, I... there's different levels of dark. Like, not everything is... Like, you can have low light and it's still fine. Mm-hmm. Like, I just did a reception where there was just DJ lights. And it looks... It, the f- dance footage looks phenomenal. And I yeah. was at 3200 ISO. Yeah. And even though it's, like, a little grainy or whatever, it still looks really good. Mm-hmm. S- but then I've done, like... I did a ceremony recently, the last one you did with me. Where I was like, ooh, we're really pushing the line on like what's what too we sh- dark. What did we shoot the ISO on that? Thirty two hundred for the ceremony. It's thirty two hundred because the the sun was going down behind the mountain at the time, and yeah. we were indoors. And indoors. It just one wasn't of the probably one of the worst looking ceremonies I've seen in a long time, because of the. One of the things that I like about the pocket camera is my feeling is that the color science handles mixed color really well. A lot better than, you know, I'm shooting on GH5s now. And uh, so there's kind of like an interesting thing. Like when you watch YouTube videos, like here's how to do stuff. And guys have high-end cinema cameras and red cameras and stuff. And they'll, I'm gelling the the hair light. So it just separates a little different from the key light. And then I'm, you know, uh, or my back, my, my background light is tungsten. So it's going to be real nice. But then the light on the skin is, is going to be daylight. And like, it looks so beautiful. And I feel like you can do things like that with higher end cinema cameras with bigger, uh, bit depth rate on the, on the files where, where that stuff looks really good. And then you go do that same stuff in an eight bit DSLR H two six four and it just looks terrible. It's almost like there's just not like the cameras aren't able to handle mixed colors. And one of the things that I really like about the footage I've seen from the pocket cameras is that they handle mixed lighting really well. Yeah, and I still think have the Canons tend to handle mixed lighting pretty decent for DSLR. I don't think that the like I do not like Panasonic after the sun goes down. Yeah. Well, so I, all that being said, that ceremony that I shot with you last week was last week. Even on the pocket cameras, the skin looks so bad. It be, it was the worst. Yeah, the, ru- it's the one lighting of these was rooms really rough. Where all of the walls are pine, like raw, you know, raw pine. It was a very wood, brown, room. which always puts like a gross cast on people's skin. Then they had tungsten light. They, they weren't even regular tungsten. They were like the those lights that are supposed to look like a flame or whatever so they're like like even more orange than regular tungsten like super orange and then all the way around the room like uh the entire perimeter of the room had uh windows around the top so you had all this blue light coming in hitting people on top of the head and so like you literally would look at the cheek on somebody the nose on somebody would be super super orange and then their forehead and the top of their head would be just as blue as could be from the daylight and it was awful yeah so that one's gonna be rough and i think i would have been better off using cannons for that particular one because of the low at light. Least, but their skin still yeah. would have looked gross uh, it still would the color nah. still would have been nasty yeah but i can i, I mean can the only way to fix that would have been for us to turn off all the lights and bring in a bunch of our own lights and that's just not practical for weddings you know i will say this though we shot we shot something um, a few months back where I finally got to edit it, and it was the wedding that I did before we started using lights. And it was the wedding where I was like, oh, shoot, I really need lights. Right. I put that footage together, and it did not look nearly as bad as I thought it was Looked going great. to. That's good. Did you watch the most recent one that I sent? Yeah. The getting ready stuff. Remember? 
mm-hmm. up at Lions. Yeah, sure. Yeah, no, I watched. I watched it. The getting ready stuff. Yeah, is no, where it looks fine. Didn't have lights. Yeah, it looked fine. And it looked fine. I really. But I was at thirty two hundred. I can't wait to see the next wedding that we did where we did use lights. Like a lot. Yeah. Of now I'm worried about that. One. Yeah, because what if it looks terrible? Now I think maybe we really. What if we overdid it? <laughs> what if we way overdid? It? So what? So I'm worried about we, that. So I I had a workflow in my previous job, um, not all the times, but a lot of times. Uh, so I'm you know I was the guy's assistant. And a lot of times yeah. we and were running gun. This wasn't weddings at all. This was uh, commercial stuff, corporate stuff. And our our shooting workflow was that he would do camera and I would do lights, so we could go room to room to room to room. And I'm I'm Hollywooding a light, which if you know what that means, it's basically using a light as a the way you would use a boom microphone. So like you pick it up and it's it's on a long stick and you're walking with with talent so if you're getting like a steady cam shot walking you know you have like a one by one panel um on a light stand that's stretched out and you're carrying you know you're carrying it like a boom mic or whatever um or then other times you know i i set the light down somewhere but basically we're remote we're moving so fast that i would do light he would do video and a lot of times um we would get into arguments because he would go can you not move the light in the middle of my shot and i would say can you not shoot until I've set the light. Like we would walk into the room. I'm trying to set, you know, I, I've got two seconds set the light and you're already filming and I know it's not going to make the edit. Would you just wait till the light, like wait five seconds to the lights there so that we can not like, I don't know. Anyways, I got, um, really efficient and fast and effective at moving into a situation and popping a light up really fast and, and really um, thinking about where I want it coming from and always, always having it, you know, opposite the, so you want your light to be on the opposite side of the face that the camera's pointing into. So you want to be shooting into the, into the dark side of the face. If you look at, I mean, almost every and any movie made ever, you'll always see that the camera's pointing into the dark side of the face and the light is always coming from the opposite side. So I got really good at like knowing what he's shooting, what angle he's at and knowing where to get around to put the light. And so that's, it's more or less the angle we want or knowing like, uh, that's not going to work. Let me just bounce it off the ceiling. It's the fastest way to just bring up the, the light levels in the room. And so we tried that at a wedding, which is like not really anything I'd ever done before. Like the idea of, Oh, we have two shooters, but why don't you just shoot everything and I'll just light everything. Then every single shot will have light on it. Um, and mostly for the pre-ceremony. I mean, when you get yeah, into reception, really you got to no do what you got to do. Um, and yeah, I'm really curious to see how it turned out because sometimes, you know, you're looking at the camera and I'm not, and we hadn't done a lot of tests. you like the cameras were new to you. And so, yeah, I'm real curious to see how that turned <laughs> out. I yeah, hope like it looks great. Like the next great, three or so that we did like but, that. You know, they, they, I can't wait. (laughs) (laughs) I really do like, um, testing out new, new practices when they're with your clients instead of mine because yeah, me too. And I'm way more laid back than you. You're the most laid back person I've ever worked with. It's almost like you don't give a fuck. Wow. That's the first time (laughs) we've ever said that word on this podcast. Well, it's going to happen again. Oh, is that a- Do you think that people like when I take a glass or like a drink of water and they hear all the ice? Yeah, because first I hear of this all, all the time with Joe Rogan because they drink whiskey. Oh, uh, I think it's okay. It reminds people that you're human and that you're like seventy percent water. Right. <laughs> that's how I. That's see, I build relationships with people who I know are more than seventy percent water. If you're if you're made up of only like 30% water, forget it. Forget it. <laughs> we're not, yeah. we're never going to be friends. Okay. <laughs> I don't understand your <laughs> I really don't understand. Let's talk more about the, your home decor and then maybe we'll call it an episode. Wait, so there was so much work to do on the house. Like it was a hoarder's house. It was disgusting. And I had to um, rip out all these floors that were like black and filthy and like, I mean, the living room, that that area over there had carpet in it. 
I swear, it looked like they were like rebuilding transmissions in the living room. Like there was just this huge black oil stain, and then like we pulled up the carpet, and it's all in the subfloor was just like black oil. And I, I don't know how that happens in a living room. But uh, the house was filthy and disgusting, and I tore down walls. I put up new walls. I probably took two months off of work to just get the house to where we can like live in it. Pulled all the, like almost all the house had wallpaper that was like coming off. So I pulled off all the wallpaper. I textured all the walls. I painted everything. I put in a bunch of new flooring. Like I did all kinds of things to this house, and then like kind of never got around to like hanging up a lot of art and pictures and stuff. Like we have a couple things around, but, um, I a little bit feel like we haven't moved in after four years. Like there isn't one picture. You should of really put a family. whole bunch of stuff up. I mean, you think, I think it's okay. I feel it like too this crowded. is where we are now is probably the best room in the house and it's fine, I guess. Yeah. It's, it's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, what's that? Did you get a new TV for Christmas? All right, so I bought that TV Is two that months ago. Is that an 80-inch TV? It's 75. Oh, I was pretty close. 75. So I bought that Sony for $1,100. 4K? 4K, UHD, and um, I just kind of was disappointed in the colors. Some of the menus were terrible. Sony colors, everybody. <laughs> That's so different. It's the TV. It's not even... I mean, technically, it's the same color. I heard color, that but... Sony... Maybe this is wrong. I heard that Sony colors are kind of weird in the United States because Sony makes their cameras for use on, like, Asian skin tones. <laughs> is that right? I mean, I, that's what you, I heard. Couldn't you say that I about heard almost that, every camera? I heard a, except for, a like, very experienced broadcast TV dude. He said the cameras are optimized for Asian skin? Yes. It's interesting. And is Asian I, skin really that different from white skin? I mean, the color is a little bit different. I don't think we're allowed to say that. <laughs> we better just change the subject immediately. <laughs> so, I don't know. That's what I heard. So, maybe that's why people over here don't really like the Sony colors as much. Maybe it's a different story over in uh, Japan. Anyway, <laughs> so I bought the TV on the Amazon card and wasn't super stoked about it. And I was like, I wonder if I could return this, maybe upgrade, because I know that the Samsungs look really good. They're not the best. The best is like the LG, like C9 or whatever, but they're they're really expensive. And this isn't a work monitor. Like this that isn't thing is for, massive. It should really just for watching sports and and, and Wolf Blitzer. And, I don't watch Wolf, Wolf Blitzer. Is Wolf Blitzer is the living room. worst broadcaster. <laughs> He's the most. I, I don't get me started on. He's a terrible broadcaster. Anyway. So I found out, I guess because around Christmas time, Amazon's return policy is unbelievable. I had this movie, I mean, I had this TV for like three months and they still let me return it. Like I bought it before uh, a week or two before Thanksgiving and they said I could return it as late as January 30th. So I, re I bought this one last week and I just hung it up. It's a Samsung. It was $1,400. It looks great. Like I did a side by side, immediately could tell the color looked better. The menus and stuff are better, sexier remote control, everything. And so uh, that's getting returned, and they they have to pick it up on Thursday. So that's why there's two 75-inch TVs in my living room right now. Oh, man. Yeah, it's real exciting stuff here. So, Can you just hear people so what's your, going on never listen so to this podcast yay again? or nay on the 1DX Mark III? Not for me. Oh, okay. I'm going to spend $6,500 on a DSLR. I'm, I'm kind of wondering what they'll do with the 5D Mark V. I because mean, you gotta, they're going to put some of those features in the Mark V. No one can, and they'll find a way to... I, see that my feeling I is I just gonna, don't... I, I don't just, know if they'll do 5.5K in the 5D Mark V. My feeling is that I'm just done with Canon. Mm. Like, I, I started as a Canon user. I had a Mark II. I had uh, 360Ds. Then I had... Two Mark Threes, uh, I think. Yeah, maybe that's it, and then I moved to Panasonic or something. But you know, I I shot on that Mark Two for probably five years or something, like when it was hot, and I just I just remember waiting for 4K, 
And it's just been like, wow, every single other camera company has it and they don't. And then reading statements that they were like, people would interview them at, you know, like NAB and, and those types of trade shows and you watch YouTube videos and Canon's reps would just be like, yeah, you know, we don't feel that the market is, is, is demanding it yet, but you know, when the marketplace forces us, we'll offer 4k. And then when you talk to like the Panasonic reps, they're just like, oh man, we can't wait for the next version. We want to add this. We want to do this. We're really excited about doing this. Like we want to have 8k by, you know, by the next Olympics. Like they, it just, I like supporting companies that are interested in like trying to be aggressive about pushing the industry forward. And I feel like Canon just like, you'll take what we give you and you'll pay what we ask. <laughs> and I'm just like, but okay, they do well, have a good product. Yeah. But the, I think, I think one of the things um, it's just not that is holding the them back. Up, it's not the most up to date in terms of specs. Yeah, ever. they're always it's be- never, they're always is. behind on but specs. What they do have, and they're like works the most expensive. Incredibly well. I feel that because so so much of their business is from stills photographers, I just don't think they care about us. I just don't really think they give a shit about us at all. I think well, that's why they always try to push us to the cinema line. Yeah, which is like completely unrealistic. My, I don't know. I mean, it's not, it just depends on who you ask. But that's well, what I'm just, saying. You know, it like depends I, what clients you're about, getting. Yeah. It depends what world you work in and stuff. There are certainly business models where a $150,000 camera makes all the sense in the world. And there are some business models where it's stupid to spend more than, you know, a couple thousand dollars on a camera. And we find ourselves in the latter of those industries, I think. Yeah. I mean... My budget for new gear last year ended up being, well, I didn't have a budget, but I spent a bunch of money anyway, well, you, so and I ended up really spending good. almost $20,000. You spent a ton of money, but, but you also were how How really often did patient. I upgrade? That's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, never. You, you kept, never you were upgraded. shooting on, what were you shooting on, Mark IIs? Uh, oh, come on. You were shooting on 5D Mark IIs like less than a year ago. No, I got rid of my last Mark II maybe a year ago. So what? You had moved to Mark Threes? Yeah, I had moved to Mark. Oh, you were still and only doing 1080. What's your? Are you doing 1080 now still? Yeah, most of the time. I think you're the only one I know that hasn't moved to 4K. I've done a couple 4K things. You, so but you not find a lot. the clients never mention, never ask, never care. I have it as an upgrade option, and nobody ever upgrades. Actually, that's wrong. Maybe two people have, ever. So that's how I felt about drones. I always offered drone as an upgrade because I was like, why am I going to spend all this yeah. money for it when nobody, starting to nobody's willing that... to pay $100 for it? But then I but found that... You know that... what's crazy? Is that's all people ever ask me about. They always want to make sure I'm going to use the drone. Right. I feel like by not having it for free, it was one of those thousand reasons I went out of business. Yeah. And I, and think I just remember being maybe... so pissed at everybody else in our industry because... I, now I accept it more. Drones have been uh, around a lot longer. The quality of them is so much better. They're really not that much more expensive. Y- you can get up pretty quickly, get your stuff, and get out in 10 or 15 minutes. But when they first came out, I just remember constantly seeing people dropping them in lakes, smashing them inside of buildings, watching YouTube videos of people yeah. flying them into a bride's <laughs> face. And I'm like, I'm not going to be the one that bloodies up a bride's face over this drone shot and then the other thing is like going to weddings and watching other dudes do it where it's like you just spent an hour and a half with your drone and you're gonna end up having four shots of that go into your wedding video when you got none of the hair and makeup you got like none of the bridesmaids singing that song and laughing and and taking a selfie like all that shit that people do like None of that's in your wedding story now because you wanted to go get drone footage instead. And then 15 people came over to ask you about what you're doing and bother you. So you couldn't even focus on your work. And then the footage looks so much worse. But a lot of that stuff is is not as much of an issue that I don't see people wrecking them like they used to anymore. The drones are so much more. The drones are so much more reliable. It's quicker to get them up in the air and just get your five shots that you need and be done with it. Yeah. People aren't dropping signals as much as they used to. People aren't crashing as much as they used to. The the drones aren't letting you. And, um, you know, if you use the, 
the sensors or whatever for the safety. It makes a big difference. And, um, and it, 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 the footage now more closely matches what we're getting out of our, our real cameras. And so now I fully support it, but I remember being so pissed at our industry because you don't see photographers going like, Hey, here's this new thing we can do that'll cost us thousands of dollars. Let's not charge another fucking penny to our <laughs> clients for it. Only video people will be like, yeah, we'll go from a $400 uh, glide cam to a $2,000 gimbal and not change our prices. We'll go from, you know, only shoulder mounting to now we all have to have a slider and we have to have a gimbal and we have to have a drone and we'll not change any of our prices. Yeah, we'll we'll stop trusting the DJ's audio and also use our own loves and not change our price. Like only our industry is suckers like that. <laughs> Photographers are like, Hey, I bought a new filter. You owe me $20,000. Suck my dick. <laughs> I, I hate photographers so much. Hey, what? So next episode, we'll talk about how you got into a fight with a photographer. Yeah, that was a blast. <laughs> but but seriously, so if I get the 1DX Mark III at some point, you might want to borrow it. I always want to try every camera, and I always want to be able to use every camera, but I'm not going to buy one. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm I hope I'm wrong. I hope I try it, and I go, holy shit, I have to buy this camera. It does cost about four times as much as I want to buy. Well, not four times. How much is it? Sixty five hundred. And so I know people think the Pocket Six K is a twenty five hundred dollar camera. It's really like a four thousand dollar camera. Oh yeah, four five thousand dollar camera. Yeah. But I just I really want raw footage. I love this the color out of it. I know people say they love Canon's color, and I it I like it. I don't love it. I feel that there's a very distinct Canon characteristic. Like I can, when you see Canon footage, you know, it's Canon footage. And I am a little bit, it, it, it's not quite what I like. And with that, that was the first episode. Wow. We did of it. The video bros podcast. First and possibly the last. <laughs> when do you plan on posting this podcast? Uh, well, I, we should probably record like 10 of these. We're going to do another then, one right oh, you now. You want to do a bunch and then put them out at the same time? Gangbusters? Well, we're going to record 10 and then I'll release the first 10. At the same time. Yeah. So people can like really binge on us. Really, like, who are really get assholes? to know us. Yeah. Really, um, take it, take a deep dive into our lives, our personalities. What if, like, we really didn't talk about who we are. What, what if we make this the second podcast? We retroactively make a new first podcast where we introduce ourselves. <laughs> I think it's too late. Yeah, it's too late. All right. All well, right. thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah, make sure you check out episode two. It might be a little bit better. Hey, guys. Michael here with Video Bros. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We love you for it. If you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks so much.